Pensacola. Andrew McKay and the Pensacola Morning News starts right now. Rasmussen poll uh, had a uh, provocative little poll today. They said, uh, do you agree or disagree with the statement, uh, it's okay to be white? That was an actual question. Rasmussen asked, you know, white and black voters and, and probably others, uh, do you disagree or agree with the statement, it's okay to be white? So this is the podcast that Scott Adams, a Dilbert creator, Scott Adams, a many, many award-winning, multi-what, thousands of papers that he's in, hundreds of papers for sure, uh, well, was in. Uh, <laughs> uh, the story he's reacting to is this Rasmussen poll that asked people, is it okay to be white? And you, you might think, well, that's kind of an odd question out of the blue. It's because it's okay to be white is, and I was not familiar with this, I'm just going based on the reports, has apparently become a white nationalist slogan. You know, because the that you know, because the culture is their perception is that the culture is saying it's not okay to be white, and they're saying it is okay to be white. And now the question is, is it okay to be white? And uh, so he's reacting to this news story. It's the second. I've never listened to the Scott Adams podcast before, but um, he does three. It's like a YouTube video podcast kind of thing. Anyway, um, three stories. The first story was about the newest entrant in the Republican field, whose name I will not try to pronounce because I do not know him. Uh, and then there was some third story. But the middle story was the one about the Rasmussen poll. 26% of blacks said uh, no. It's not okay to be white. 21% weren't sure. Add them together, that is 47% of black respondents were not willing to say it's okay to be white. That, that actually, that's like a real poll. This just happened. Uh, did you have any idea? <laughs> would, would you have imagined that that could have happened? So 47, if you combine the uncertains with the no's, 47% of the black. Now, that's one way to carve the data. The other way to carve the data is that, uh, let's see, uh, 74%, I think it is, something like that, um, think that it is okay to be white or aren't sure. You know, you, obviously the unsure category is can, can be interpreted either way. And so he says, uh, okay, and, and by the way, part of the reason I wanted to do this is because, you know, the news over the weekend is that Scott Adams and Dilbert have been canceled off of newspapers. It was in the Sunday PNJ, but Gannett, you know, the USA Today Network, they've said they're not ha- going to have it anymore. Um, the Cleveland Plain Dealer, the LA Times, all, all these newspapers are getting rid of Dilbert now because of this. And they say it's easy, obvious decision. We're not going to have racists on our platform which is its own interesting question. We can talk about that. I just wanted you to have the facts, right? Because most of the news stories that I have both read and watched on TV news did a terrible job of explaining what Scott Adams said. They only quoted from the most incendiary moment, but I want to give you some of the background just because you always ought to know. What, and I, as soon as I saw this, I'm like, oh, great. I got to go listen to Scott Adams talk about race for 10 minutes and find out whether what he said was racist, how racist, if at all, was it awful, should he get canceled, okay? So he goes on. So I realized, um, as you know, I've been identifying as black for a while, years now, because I like, you know, I like to be on the winning team. 
What? And I like to help. And I, I always thought, well, if you help the black community, that's sort of the biggest lever. You know, you, could, you can find the, the biggest benefit. So I thought, well, that's the hardest thing and the biggest benefit. So I'd like to focus a lot of my life resources in helping black Americans. So much so that I started identifying as black to just be on the team I was helping. And there was a, uh, I don't know if it still is, I haven't read Dilbert in a long time, but there was a black engineer that he added, it was the first black character, and it was meant to make fun of woke culture a lot, you know, uh, which I'm sure that went over real well. Uh, <laughs> right, but okay. To just be on the team I was helping. But it turns out that nearly half of that team uh, doesn't think uh, I'm okay to be white, which is, of course, why I identified as black, cause so I could be on the winning team for a while. And again, it's about a quarter think that it's not okay to be white, and another quarter aren't sure. But I have to say, uh, th- this is the first political poll that ever changed my activities. I don't know that that's ever happened before. You know, normally, you see a poll, you just look at it, and you go, ah, whatever. Yeah. Oh, this is interesting what other people think. But as of today, I'm going to re-identify as white because I don't want to be a member of a hate group. I'd accidentally joined a hate group. So if, if you know, nearly half of all blacks uh, are not okay with white people, according to this poll, not according to me, according to this poll, uh, that's a hate group. That's a hate group. And I don't want to have anything to do with them. So is he saying that black people are a hate group? Or is he saying if this poll is accurate, then a quarter to a half of black people don't think it's okay to be white, which typically would be described as a hateful statement. Like if if somebody said it's not okay to be black, would you think that's a hateful statement? You typically would. If they say it about white people, does it become less hateful? Not really. It's not okay to be Jewish. It's not okay to, you know, right? If you fill in the gap with any, you know, or fill in the the blank, you know, it's not okay to be a woman. It's not okay, right? Any of these things, you typically would classify that as hate, hate speech or hate expression. So he's saying, well, according to this poll, this group of people hates me. I don't want to be a part of it anymore. That was the first strike, okay, in from the prop culture, all right? Four, three, seven, sixteen, twenty. Sorry, I'm late to traffic on the fives with candy. Uh, well, and then there's nothing really happening traffic-wise, uh, which is good news. Certainly use caution wherever you are. That portion of East Bay Boulevard, Navarre, is still closed because, of course, they're working on the roads there. Uh, Lillian looking good, 98, not showing any delays either. Certainly if you see an accident or have a traffic tip, uh, you can text 437-1620. This brought to you by Avalon HR. With everything going on, you need Avalon, and that's employing made easy. News Radio 92.3, informative, local to Dependable. All right. Thanks so much, Candy. So back to uh, Scott Adams, the Dilbert creator, and his comments. Again, giving him as much context as we can so that we can make an assessment of whether he is the racist that he is being alleged to be and uh, whatever he actually said, whether it's appropriate to cancel a comic strip that he writes that does not have these views in it. Also a relevant question. But here's what he said, and this is where there's a little bit of profanity, so it is edited. You'll understand why, and also you'll understand why this was probably the one that is like the, oh, okay. But anyway, here you go. And I would say, you know, based on the current way things are going, the best advice I would give to white people is to get the hell away from black people. Just get the f*** away. Wherever you have to go, just get away. Because there's no fixing this. This can't be fixed. Right, this can't be fixed. You just have to escape. So that's not as good. (laughs) 
and look, I, I, you know me. I'm willing to give people a lot of latitude. I, I, I have defended uh, Joy Bahar and Kathy Griffin, and I, you know, I'm, I'm a free speech advocate. You know, I believe in protecting unpopular, offensive speech. Last I checked, racism isn't illegal. Anti-Semitism isn't illegal, except if you use it in hiring or discrimination against you. But just being one, you know, not illegal. Um, and I generally have said I don't even think you ought to be punishing people uh, by taking away their livelihoods for them having annoying or even wicked beliefs. I, it's just, you know, I, I find that whole project noxious because... It doesn't really mean much when you say you believe in tolerance if you then use economic or social coercion in order to punish people and take them out of the ability to earn an income, for example, uh, based on them expressing viewpoints that you don't like, especially when those viewpoints aren't connected to the product that they sell, right? And this viewpoint is not in the Dobert strip. It's in a podcast. You know, was he dumb for saying it? I mean, that's a pretty... So the question is, is he extrapolating from the Rasmussen poll is his satire? Is his tongue in cheek? You know, he says he's long supported black people and helped them and done everything he can for them. And I don't know any of the facts about his background to know one way or the other. Um, is the proper conclusion if you determine that one quarter of all black people think that it's not okay to be white and another quarter aren't sure that therefore we should try to separate ourselves from black people? Yeah, no. Uh, would I ever say this? Absolutely not. Do I believe in you know, helping, working with, being friends. Of course. I mean, the Bible hates racism and I'm a Christian, okay? So, uh, you know, but that's not the issue. The issue isn't whether Andrew would say it. And further, frankly, the issue isn't even whether Andrew would condemn it. The issue is whether we should have space in the world of ideas for people who write comic strips that do not reflect their personal views, but that their personal views we disagree with. Oh, because sure, it sounds like racism, but is he being a racist? I mean, when you say don't move away from black people, that sounds pretty bad. But if you say move away from black people because, well, a quarter of them hate um, hate white people, I mean, is that what the poll actually said, that they hate white people? I don't know. There's a lot of sort of steps along the way to this argument, right? And so what's what's my personal takeaway? Uh, I just don't believe in taking away people's livelihoods. The question is whether people want to read this comic strip or not. And I'm, I think the story has become so big that there might be a lot of people who would say, I'm not going to buy the newspaper because that comic strip is in it. And certainly it is within the editorial rights of the newspapers to carry who they will and won't carry. I mean, you know, they're a publisher, just like we have on our air who we will and won't have, okay? So that's not really the issue either. The issue is whether, generally speaking, we should have a culture which punishes people out of their jobs if they express, for example, sexist or racist or, or um, and bigoted religious views or whatever. You know, sexual views that don't align with the norm, which used to be one way and now is a different way, right? To what degree should you protect people uh, from the those economic consequences? You know, should they be not allowed to earn a living because they express the wrong view? I don't take that answer. And that's across the board. You want to uh, criticize Republicans? I mean, you know, Christians get a lot of criticism. That's fine. That doesn't bother me. I mean, I wish people wouldn't in the sense that I wish they were with us. But when they make jokes about Christianity, that just, I don't think they should lose their livelihoods. When they make horrible statements about conservatives, I don't think they should lose their livelihoods. The real question is whether these newspapers are accurately sensing what their readers will want or not want. And I don't know the answer to that. I don't know whether people would uh, sort of reject the newspaper because Dilbert is in there because they don't sell individual comic strips and individual articles. They sell a whole product with all these things, right? 
So they have to make that decision. And and by the I mean, he goes on. There's more to it than that. But that's most of the context. At least now you know when people are talking about it, what was actually said. And I will say this. The news reporting on this topic has been pretty bad <laughs> in terms of giving the context. I'm not defending him or agreeing with him. I'm more saying even whatever he said, as bad as parts of it really are, I just don't think that you punish somebody economically for that. I can certainly imagine a lot worse that he could have said, which he didn't. Anyway, 437-1620, feel free to disagree with me as always. I'm Andrew McKay. The Mobile Boat Show opens this weekend with all the new 2023 boat models and brands in one place for easy comparison shopping. One weekend only at the Mobile Convention Center. It's the biggest indoor show on the Gulf Coast with the best prices of the year on new boats, accessories, tackle, and more. Whether you fish the Gulf or cruise the bay, you'll find a boat that fits your budget. The Mobile Boat Show is the place to find all you need to get out on the water. And it's fun for the whole family. This weekend at the Mobile Convention Center. The City of Pensacola Parks and Recreation offers many ways to help you get out and play. Take a stroll in one of their 93 parks, rent a kayak or a paddle boat at the brand new Bayview Outdoor Pursuit Center, or participate in one of the many exciting programs happening at Play Pensacola's 11 resource centers. Tennis courts, pools, dance, camps, community events, and more. The only thing missing is you. For more, visit PlayPensacola.com or follow social media at PlayPCola Parks. It's time to get out and play. Advertising, marketing, digital marketing. These are words you hear a lot about in today's world, but what exactly do they mean? How do you get started? Where do you get started? You can start by tuning in to the Pensacola Expert Panel today at 9. Join me, Tasca King, and I'll tell you how to navigate the changing and fast-growing landscape of digital advertising. That's today at 9 on the Pensacola Expert Panel. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. Stream us online at newsradio923.com or download the News Radio Pensacola app. Good morning, 625 here on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. So my touchstone on the issue of tolerance for offensive speech has always been the thing that I was raised to believe, which is uh, I hate what you're saying, but I will fight to the death for your right to say it. And I, I take that pretty seriously. Uh, do, I, do I endorse Scott Adams? Of course not. Uh, he, he, these comments? No. <laughs> I mean, no. Do I think that people ought to be free to say what they want um, and not be punished out of the public square economically? Yeah, generally, because that's what that means. I will fight to the death for your right to say it. Is he a great example of some virtuous person who's being misunderstood? Uh, No, I think he's – I got a couple texts in from people saying, Andrew, he's kind of been moving in the last couple of years the wrong direction. Okay, fair enough. You know, uh, always, you know, pick your people carefully, and I certainly am not saying that, you know, Scott Adams is like the great cause I'm willing to die on the hill for or anything like that. Certainly not. 626, uh, Candy's got traffic for us. And uh, we're not showing any slowdowns or delays right now. It looks like everything's running smoothly. 29th accident-free, not showing any problems in cars. So, yeah, this went at a pace, Palafox. See an accident or have a traffic tip, text 437-1620. News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. Thanks thanks so much, Candy. By the way, somebody texted and said, you think he was trying trying to get canceled? And I mean, maybe it was a weird, the whole thing was kind of weird. I was like, as I'm listening to him, like, where are you going, brother? No, not, no. Oh, <laughs> you know, that was kind of like, it was an odd string of things to say. 
and to follow it to that particular conclusion seemed like an odd place to go as well. So, uh, anyway, four three seven sixteen twenty. David Wayne's in the newsroom with our headlines. David? The Department of Energy has now concluded that the COVID pandemic did likely come from a lab leak in China. That's according to multiple reports today, which are citing a classified intelligence report delivered to lawmakers last month. Authorities in Italy say 59 people have died after a wooden boat carrying migrants broke apart off their coast. The first few bodies washed up on shore in southern Italy. Uh, the death toll likely to rise as bad weather is affecting their search efforts. And officials in Michigan and Texas say they didn't get any warning that contaminated soil and water from the train derailment in Ohio would be going to their states. Over one million, uh, one million gallons of toxic waste have been removed from the accident site in East Palestine. Texas Judge Lena Hidalgo said they were told the raw materials were coming only to find out that they'd already been in the state for a week. All right. Thanks so much, David. Yeah, this this, uh, you know, again, it's a source. It's not the we don't have the document, but the Energy Department comes out with a low level of confidence that they say that it came from a lab in Wuhan. Um, or lab based in China. And and then you have other agencies that have slightly more confidence that that's true. And then you have other agencies within the U.S. that say that they still think that it was a naturally occurring. I, I think sometimes the headline, and I've seen so, all the headlines around this story over the weekend, the headline can make you think, oh, see, from a lab. <laughs> you know, we still don't know. There's a lot of theories. I think uh, where conservatives are going to be their weakest on this is yelling and screaming about, see, 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 where they're going to be at their strongest is, do you remember how all of the speculation about where it came from got censored and how you'd get your posts hidden and you'd get deplatformed or at least you'd get shadow banned if you said you believed that it might have come from a lab or that it did come from a lab? Uh, that's the problem. The problem is not that we now know for sure where it came from. The problem is that uh, there was so much effort to squelch, again, dissent, right, disagreement, uh, people who have a, d- a different point of view, and that's what we should not be doing in a free society. 629 on News Radio 923. You know, Frontier Motors, uh, for more than 25 years, they've been helping folks. And one of the things about them is they've got about 300 different good quality used cars on the lot at any moment. You know, SUVs and vans and, you know, minivans and sedans and sports cars and all that. Uh, in order to sell that many cars, uh, you know, about half of them every month, in order to sell about half of them every month, they have to buy that many every single month. So they have to buy 150, 200 cars every month. And they buy them from consignment say or they buy them from um, auctions they buy them from lease programs they buy them from all over the place they'll also buy it from you so if you've got a good quality used car and you're trying to sell it you know you can sell it yourself and all the fun that that is or <laughs> you can go to frontier and in about 15 minutes you can sell the car now if they give you a price and you think you can do better you can consignment sell it that might take a little bit longer but get a better price there's no fee for that whatever you want to do frontier motors needs good cars because they sell good cars you can sell it there Helping people right behind that big buffalo on Beverly Parkway for more than 25 years. Be sure to tell them Andrew McKay says hi. Fox News. I'm Chris Foster. More contaminated waste from a train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio, is being moved out today to two federally approved sites in Ohio. Residents can now start scheduling appointments for a new health clinic. That's going to open up tomorrow. And starting today, shipments of contaminated waste from the derailment site will resume. State officials in Texas and Michigan reported being blindsided by facilities in their states becoming disposal sites. Fox's Alexandria Hoff. Dozens of migrants are killed in a shipwreck off southern Italy. The wooden boat was thought to have as many as 200 passengers on board when it left Turkey. With around 80 people found alive so far, the fear is the number dead could reach 100. 
The vessel smashed into rocky reefs just before dawn on Sunday. One man's in custody after fellow survivors told police he was a trafficker. Fox's Jonathan Savage, there are reports of at least 20 children among the dead. America's listening to Fox News. Good morning, 631 News Radio 92.3. Cloudy skies, 72 right now in Pensacola. I'm David Wayne. SpaceX going to have to wait a little bit longer for its next crewed mission. Minus two minutes, this 30 is seconds. LD on countdown one. Hold, hold, hold. Uh, two NASA astronauts, a Russian cosmonaut and an astronaut from the United Arab Emirates were all set to blast off overnight from the Kennedy Space Center as part of their Crew-6 mission, but had to be called off right before launch because of an issue with the ignition system. Their next launch window comes early on Tuesday morning. Once they do get off the ground, the crew will spend six months at the International Space Station before they come back to Earth. In his new book, Governor Ron DeSantis reveals some of the details on his showdown with Disney last year. DeSantis' book, The Courage to be Free, Florida's Blueprint for the American Revival, due out tomorrow. Fox News Digital reporting today that uh, Governor DeSantis writes about a phone call he got from Disney CEO Bob Chapek about the parental rights and education bill. Uh, DeSantis writes that Chapek told him that he didn't want the company to get involved, but he was being pressured to weigh in against the bill. Chapek also reportedly said the amount of pressure was at a level he'd not seen before. A home on Shannon Road in Navarre was destroyed by a fire yesterday. The Holly Navarre Fire District says their units responded to that fire on Sunday morning, but when crews arrived, the home was already fully engulfed with flames through the ceiling, through the roof. Uh, that No injuries were reported. The homeowners reportedly were not in the area. At the time of the fire, the home considered a total loss. The cause of the fire still under investigation. Federal help now available for thousands of Alabama customers that are struggling to pay their water bills. The Low Income Water Assistance Program is funded by the Department of Health and Human Services. According to Governor Kay Ivey's office, the state has been awarded almost $9 million. That'll be administered through the Alabama Department of Economic and Community Affairs. In order to qualify, income must not exceed 150% of the federally established poverty level. Walton County's Habitat for Humanity raised over $30,000 this month at a fundraiser event, Event that money going towards building a home for a single working mother in the area. The money was raised during a fundraiser they called Hard Hats and High Heels. It happened at the Sandestin Beach Golf Resort. There were more than 200 people attending. And if you're looking for something to celebrate today, well... There's always a day to celebrate. Bree Thomas has some details on today's option. In 1936, two friends in Veracruz, Mexico, wondered what mixing coffee with alcohol would taste like. They worked for weeks mixing, adding a little this, a little that. They came up with a mixture of rum, sugar, and Arabica coffee. And they named it after the Ekawa National people. We call it Kahlua. Happy National Kahlua Day. I'm Bree Tennis, NBC News Radio. There you go. If you needed something to celebrate... 
That's your ticket. 72 and cloudy right now. Let's get a look at your traffic on the fives with Candy. <laughs> with Kahlua. My, I had no idea. Look at that. Take a look around. Good news is we're not showing any uh, slowdowns or delays. It looks like all exits off I-10. I-110 reporting as clear. Taking a look at Beverly in Michigan and uh, Brent not showing any problems there either. And uh, we're talking about tip and early. It looks like the Devil's Triangle is also just as clear as can be. Uh, certainly if you have a traffic tip, uh, you see an accident, or yeah, let us know. 437-1620. You can always text that. News Radio 92.3 Informative, local, dependable. Another warm and humid day today. Temperatures rising near 78 degrees for your high. Small chance of an isolated showers, otherwise mostly sunny skies. Overnight tonight, temperatures dropping near 67. The warm and humid pattern continues for Tuesday. Temperatures rising near 80 degrees with a 10% chance of a stray shower. Tuesday night, temperatures dropping near 66. Stay connected to the Channel 3 News First Morning Weather Team. Download the WEAR-TV weather app. This is Brooke Richardson from the First Morning Weather Center. And right now, cloudy, 72 in Pensacola, 71 in Gulf Breeze, 71 also in Milton. Our next news at 7, breaking news anytime. It's News Radio, 92.3, informative, local, dependable. I'm Jennifer Koshenko with your money now. Warren Buffett is still betting on the U.S. Stocks and bonds slumped last year after central banks raised interest rates at a rapid pace. But Buffett retained a sense of optimism in his annual letter to investors Saturday, saying he continues to believe in the resilience of the U.S. economy. He noted that despite our citizens' penchant, almost enthusiasm for self-criticism and self-doubt, I have yet to see a time when it made sense to make a long-term bet against America. In an unprecedented move, a global financial watchdog has suspended Russia's membership in the organization on the first anniversary of the Kremlin's invasion of Ukraine. The Financial Action Task Force, a Paris-based intergovernmental body that sets anti-money laundering law standards, says it's the first time it has revoked a country's membership. FTFT says Russia's war in Ukraine is a violation of the group's principles to promote security, safety, and the integrity of the global financial system. On Wall Street, futures are higher. That's your money now. Attention business owners, stop throwing your hard-earned money away on rent. Imagine owning your own building and saving thousands every year. Sound impossible? Not if you use General Steel. General Steel can help you save thousands by owning your own custom-designed building. Just call 866-95-STEEL or visit GeneralSteelInfo.com to see how much money you can save with General Steel. Our buildings come with a 50-year warranty, and thousands of companies, from Fortune 500 corporations to startups, have trusted the General with their building needs. If you need to expand or start a new business, you really need General Steel. I'm very impressed with General Steel. Everyone's been extremely helpful. I'd recommend General Steel to anyone looking to build a steel building. Call 866-95-STEEL or visit GeneralSteelInfo.com to find out what General Steel can do for your home or business. That's 866-95-STEEL. Our team will answer your questions and offer you a customized quote. Just call 866-957-8335 now or GeneralSteelInfo.com. I'm getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20. So am I, because I'm at risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. I'm asking about Prevnar 20 because there's a chance pneumococcal pneumonia could put me in the hospital. Age 65 or older, you may be at increased risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. 
Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20, pneumococcal 20-valent conjugate vaccine, a Pfizer vaccine that can help protect against pneumococcal pneumonia in just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. The most commonly reported side effect was pain at the injection site. For additional common side effects and full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. I want to be able to keep my plans. So I'm asking my doctor about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20. What is News Radio 923? Informative, local, and dependable news from WEAR TV and the News Radio News Team. Informative, local, and dependable talk with Andrew McKay, Jenna Barr, and Bobby Rossi. Informative, local, and dependable traffic with traffic on the fives during your morning and afternoon drive. Informative, local, and dependable weather. Informative, local, and dependable coverage of breaking news and when disasters strike. That's what News Radio 923 is. Informative, local, dependable. Like the sands through Carpenter's Creek, so are the days of our Pensacola. And now, another episode of City Council Melodrama Theater. Since the use of these funds and the Tree Plain Trust Fund approved uh, by the council for removal has been mentioned as a one-time use by the mayor, I believe we need to give the EAB the opportunity to weigh in on whether it should be used for this purpose in the future. So I really hope and I expect that the uh, EAB, being that they sent the letter to the council, um, unanimously agreeing after a lengthy discussion among themselves at their meeting, following your decision to use the trust fund in this manner, um, that they said this was an inappropriate use of the tree trust tree planting trust fund money in their opinion and they requested the funds be returned and another source found all right so here's the background if you don't remember we had this conversation last month when uh the city of pensacola took uh 90 it might have been 100 in the end because i think there was 10,000 for actual tree planting and 90,000 for tree removal a bunch of trees that were needing to be removed from rights of ways around the city, and they were going to be replaced with other trees, but they were going to remove these trees, and they were going to use the tree planting trust fund to do it. The tree planting trust fund, which comes from uh, people clearing land and taking out trees, paying a penalty into the city for removing trees. So the money that was generated by penalties paid to remove trees was going to be used to remove trees. <laughs> I pointed out at the time that I thought this was nuts. I mean, this is, you know, this is... This, you can't that doesn't make any sense now they got a legal opinion and you know the mayor they went ahead with you know setting this money aside to do it this way um and then the environmental advisory board the eab uh you heard there charles bear city councilman and margaret hofstadter she's just a citizen um saying look the eab reacted to this and said they sent a letter saying no 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 don't do this so now uh, you have D.C. Reeves, uh, and, and D.C. has talked about how he wants to plant trees, and you know it's absolutely a priority, and that money's just been sitting there not doing anything, and uh, the trees do need to be taken down, and the maintenance of the rights of way in these trees has been neglected, and in some cases they are dangerous. Um, so the question is not, should they be taken down? The question is, where should you pay for it? 
Should you pay for it out of the tree planting trust fund to take trees down? uh, Or should you pay for it out of some other source? And I think a lot of folks, myself included, looked at this and said, some other source. But the city council voted four to three, and uh, they voted to allow this one time, uh, you know, exigent circumstance, so to speak, uh, that it had to be done this way because it was done in conjunction with some tree replanting as well. Mayor Reeves? That was a discussion item for EAB that the administration certainly wasn't notified um, that that there was going to be any action um, taken on that. So certainly, you know, when a when it goes a direction, you know, that's positive for one person to refer to that, understand, um, you know, no, myself or no one in our administration was given any warning that any vote would be taken um, in that sense uh, and, or that we would be able to be prepared to speak uh, to any kind of action. So um, I just want to make sure that we're stating the facts here that, you know, a, a vote that was decided to be taken outside of something that was listed for action um, and then using that as a, a as tact to take action, I I believe, is is unfair to the staff and administration. So what he's saying is that the item that the EAB voted on wasn't an official vote. It was discussion. They didn't contact his office. They didn't go through the normal process. He had no ability to respond. And so citing that as the justification for the EAB thinks this was wrong uh, might be a bit premature. I I agree with his concerns, but I think the EAB understood understood what happened, and they said it was a bad thing. So what Charles Baer wanted to do was set a rule in place that would say, uh, you can't do this. <laughs> Ask the EAB to make a rule that you can't use the tree planting trust fund to take down trees. We did it one time. Let's not have that happen again. Jared Moore makes the argument, well, you know, we did it ourselves. It would be weird for us to tell future councils that they can't do the same thing we did. I would rather that this, that the language that I would prefer is to see that we say any removal, any removal, proposed removal, uh, Utilizing the tree fund would go before the EAB and the council, so that that exigent circumstance has to be clearly determined. You know, having seen how it plays out, I, I would. I'm just not as comfortable saying, "Oh, it's a privilege we utilized," and I don't think anyone else should do it. It, it, it seems hypocritical. And so he says it's hypocritical for the council to say, well, we can use it this way in this one emergency, but nobody can ever use it that way in a similar emergency again. So he wanted to see it say instead, just it has to come back to the council for final approval as an exigent circumstance. And this is where the drama began a little bit. So he's saying it's hypocritical. As far as the amendment goes. This is uh, Charles Bear. I'm really, it's going to go to the AB and they're going to do whatever they want. So... I fully expect they'll send it back saying they don't want it to be removal. So if we send them this, they can just change it. So I feel like I really shouldn't go against it. I don't feel the hypocrisy of because it shouldn't happen. We should have never done this. So I don't share the the this feeling that we need to let future councils do the same thing we did because it wasn't right in the first place. I mean, that's, that's a terrible way to go about doing business. So um, I'll support the amendment tonight knowing that the EAB will – restore the language, most likely, to not allow it to be for removal. So he's willing to let it go to the EAB anyway because he thinks they're going to put it back to what he wanted instead of the amended version that, you know, Jared Moore had wanted to have in place. And it's kind of interesting because, you know, there was a lot of effort in this council meeting to walk back, undo. In fact, there's a later item where they very clearly what he was trying to do was retake the vote on spending the tree trust fund money. 
And it's kind of a weird situation where there's a parallel at the county with something that happened recently. I'll tell you about that in just a second. Let's get traffic on the fives from Candy first. All right. This is brought to you by your uh, Discover card and taking a look around. Good news is we're not showing a whole lot of uh, accidents or slowdowns. Looks like Fairfield may be just a little bit slow near the interstate, uh, usual areas of congestion. This is brought to you by Discover. And Discover credit cards do something awesome. At the end of your first year, they automatically double all the cash back you've earned. That's right. Everything you earn, double to see terms and check it out for yourself. Discover.com slash match uh, if you have an accident or rather have a traffic tip text 437 it's news radio 92.3 informative local dependable thanks so much candy so basically the city you know there are some people who lost the vote to spend this 90 or it's 90 plus 10 okay a hundred thousand dollars out of the tree planting trust fund to take down trees and they don't like that very much i side with them i think they were right but i was in the minority on that vote four to three okay and so now the question is, well, let's tell future councils that they can't spend the money out of the tree, trust, uh, tree planting trust fund this way, which to me makes sense. And I agree with Charles that just because you did it wrong one time <laughs> doesn't mean that you should be doing it wrong ever again in the future. Um, can we not agree that the tree planting trust fund shouldn't be used this way? He's trying to put a rule in to prevent that. And the EAB is almost certainly likely to agree with him about that. So I... I see what Jared Moore is saying in that, and of course, always a very reasonable person. I see what he's saying in that it's weird for us to prohibit future boards from doing what we did. True. Of course, they could always change it in the future if they wanted to. Future councils, this would be a roadblock to that. This would be an impediment to that, but they could overcome it if they wanted to. There's an interesting parallel at the county. Remember the whole issue of paying the um, uh, the Florida Department of Health, the, the fines that were in for this EMS uh, paramedic that you know Jeff Burgosh championed his cause and this wound up with you know lawsuits. It's, it's a very complicated backstory, but basically the board voted three to one to pay his personal fines, and then there was a question of whether they would actually force the clerk of, clerk of the court to issue that check because she said this is not a public thing. This is, in other words, you shouldn't have done this in the first place, which is what the dissenting vote had said. And then it came back to the board and they again voted to go ahead and order the payment of it, despite the dissenting vote um, uh, of not following through. So there's this interesting question of when you once do something you shouldn't have done. And again, I think the city council did what it shouldn't have done. Um, what do you do after that as a council? In other words, do you still... Do you protect the right of the council to keep doing similar or that thing again in the future? Do you um, do you ever go back and change things? Like, could you try, for example, at the county to pass a restriction that we're not going to pay private fines? I mean, it's a one-time thing. It's not likely to come up again. Same thing here. And my consistent answer is uh, try to do the right thing in the first place. <laughs> try not to do the wrong thing in the first place. Then you're not caught up in all of this web of trying to you know, fix it after the fact or to justify it after the fact. So in any case, they voted to send it to the EAB. Uh, Jen Brer and Charles Bear both said no. Uh, but then if, again, to the amended version, because they wanted the stronger version, it's going to go to the EAB. It went unanimously, and then they're going to come back with a recommendation. There was follow-up to this. We'll get to that next hour, but there was follow-up to this. A uh, little bit more dramatic in the sense of drama because... Uh, this argument about what's the right way to do business and should the council ever be re-voting on the things that it already voted on, which, by the way, is now suddenly an issue uh, in the city of Milton. It's been a thing with the wastewater treatment plant in the county. It's been a thing with the Whittle building. It's kind of like we're having this question in several different places right now of whether once you've made a decision, 
to what degree you are subsequently committed to honoring that same decision or whether you can go back and reopen the question again. 649 here on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. If you've got a loved one, and it's most likely a parent, okay, if you're in your 40s or 50s, possibly 60s, and you see parents who have been living on their own and doing great, and then all of a sudden they're not doing great, or maybe gradually they're not doing great. It can happen both ways. But it seems like they need more help all the time with bathing, dressing, grooming, toileting, you know, that kind of stuff, like cooking and cleaning stuff. But it gets to be a lot, and it seems to be getting worse. And at a certain point, they really need help. Okay, They can still operate and live on their own. They just need somebody to do that kind of stuff for them or with them. That's what assisted living is. And it's, I mean, it's a maximizing of independence while also getting the help they need. And that can seem like a scary thing if you're not familiar. And even if you decide that's the right thing, there's like 32 different places locally. How do you pick which one to go to? That's where Assisted Living Locators comes in. John Horton, I've known him for quite a while as a friend, and he runs an operation where what they do is help figure out, is this right for you and where is right for you? No cost. No cost. He just wants to facilitate you finding the right place for your loved one. 712-0887 or look them up online at assistedlivinglocators.com. VIP Care is bringing better health to the Pensacola community February 27th and 28th. Both days they'll be on hand at the University Town Center from 9 a.m. till noon, where they'll have giveaways, raffles, and we'll be answering all of your primary care questions. VIP Care specializes in primary care for Medicare Advantage members. They proudly accept Florida Blue Medicare, as well as most insurance plans in the county. Come see VIP Care February 27th and 28th. You deserve better health. The cooler weather in Pensacola is a great time of the year for gardening. Whether it's planting roses, planting shrubs and trees and cool weather color, and of course, planning for spring. This is Mike Wiggins. If you've got gardening questions, we've got answers on the News Radio Garden Line every Tuesday morning at 9 on the Pensacola Expert Panel. And if you miss us on Tuesdays, then catch the Encore Edition every Saturday morning at 9. Sponsored by Pensacola Hardware, Blue Sky Landscaping, and Barnes Feed Store. This message is sponsored by the Florida A&M University Medical Marijuana Education and Research Initiative, the Florida Association of Broadcasters, and this radio station. Are you curious about marijuana? Florida A&M University established the Medical Marijuana Education and Research Initiative, also known as MARI, to educate the public about medical marijuana use as well as the detrimental health and social impacts of unlawful marijuana use on local communities. Find out more at mmeri.famu.edu. When you listen to News Radio 92.3 on Saturdays, you get the Garden Line Encore at 9. At home with Gary Sullivan at 10. Swan Capital at 1. Let's go Pensacola at 4. National average for gallon of gas, 336. Florida is 329. Texas is 291, and California is 476. In uh, Navarre, 316 east of the Walmart, 315 west of the other Walmart. Uh, 319 at the foot of the Garcon Point Bridge at the Murphy Cross the Road, 325 at the Exxon Second Station 
in Gulf Breeze proper, 306 at the Raceway in Milton, same at the Pea Ridge Murphy, 313 or 14 in pace, so a little bit more. Typically, that's the way. Uh, if you get into Pensacola, 297 on Nine Mile at the Walmart, same at the Murphy in front of the Walmart on US 29, and coming in from the southwest side, looks like 309 at the Shell on Cervantes or the TNC on Navy. These uh, gas prices are brought to you by Pete Moore Volkswagen with the lowest out-the-door price in your next new Volkswagen, Pete Moore Imports. Dot com. 654 on News Radio 92.3. Oh, this is kind of interesting. Somebody texted me in. Uh, Robert's Rules of Order, which I am not particularly familiar with. I apologize. Maybe you did I debate. Be. How do you not know Robert's Rules? It's a totally okay. different thing. All right. Totally different thing. All right. <coughs> Pardon me. Um, in your face, McKay. Yeah, that's right. Sorry. <laughs> no, uh, under Robert's Rules, I have been told, if you are adopted them, if you've adopted them, the uh, losing side on an issue is not allowed to bring up for reconsideration that same issue. But somebody on the winning side could. In other words, it's kind of the way I understand. And again, that's news to me. It's interesting, fascinating. I, that's You guys are so smart. Honestly, it's uh, uh, one of the great compliments I ever take uh, is that people who are this smart choose to listen to me. <laughs> so thank you. I appreciate that. We need a bunch more producers to come in and hang. <laughs> I know. Please, guys. Uh, David Wayne is in the newsroom with our headlines. David? President Biden telling ABC News he has other things to finish before starting a full-blown 2024 presidential campaign. Uh, Biden has not announced any official plans, but previously said he does intend to run for a second term. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan says China giving lethal weapons to Russia would be a serious mistake. He was on CNN's State of the Union show. Sullivan says if China aligns itself with Russia fully, it would and relationships with countries that China's working hard to maintain. And two Girl Scouts in California now recovering after a suspected drunk driver crashed into their cookie stand over the weekend. Uh, the CHP arrested that driver on Saturday night. A 78-year-old customer got the worst of it. It was severely hurt. Luckily, the 8- and 10-year-old girls only suffered minor injuries. They're out of the hospital now. And uh, other Girl Scout troops are stepping up and selling cookies for them. Aw, that's the best. <laughs> I love that. Most of that story, yeah. Yeah, that, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah not the part first of the story, part. Yeah. Not the first part. That's the bad oh, stuff. That's sweet. All right, David. Thanks so much for the update. Candy's got traffic on the fives. And taking a look around, good news is we're not showing any of those slowdowns or delays. Uh, no problems. It looks like 87 is accident-free. Three Mile Bridge not showing any problems. East Bay Boulevard in Navarre. Uh, still showing that road closure, of of course. They've been working on the, that one section of the road. They're still working on it, it looks like, this morning. I'm still showing that's closed. Certainly, if you uh, see an accident or have a traffic tip, 437-1620, text it in. News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. Monday. Monday. <laughs> no, we've <laughs> Pensacon Monday. We've definitely got a case of the Mondays today. Know, we totally not, do. It's do. not us. It's the computers. <laughs> I think yes, you've gotten us all Yes. No, I always do. I'm just yeah, okay. sorry. Uh, <laughs> sorry, we're not better. Uh, did you see this? I thought this was fascinating. Um, South Carolina, there's one lawmaker, and I'm always reluctant to say, like, a lawmaker has proposed a law because lawmakers propose the craziest laws. Obviously, even in Florida, we get this all the time. Uh, things that are never going to pass, but it's news when it's proposed. Okay. Mm -hmm. So this is an example of that. South Carolina State Senator Stephen Goldfinch, which is a cool name, by the way. Isn't it? He's uh, proposed a bill dubbed the Yankee Tax. It would require new residents moving into North Carolina to pay $250 for a new driver's license, $250 for vehicle registration. That's just what we pay here anyway. Uh, well, for the vehicles. Uh, $500 to move into <laughs> South Carolina because he says all of these people are fleeing here from other states and then they're coming to benefit from the infrastructure that they're not really funding. So it's a kind of a 
impact fee for new residents as opposed to for new construction, mm-hmm. I guess is kind of the way you, you might say it. He says, our quality of life has been diminished by the almost 4 million people that have moved here in the last decade, and we anticipate another million moving here in the next decade. Everybody's concerned about their quality of life, and he doesn't think that that'll you know, discourage very many people from moving here. Florida, hmm. <laughs> you know, um, I don't know. I, I, I wonder... To what degree this is legal? I don't. I my, my intuition is that there's something vaguely unconstitutional about a crossing state lines tax. You know that. I mean, it's not commerce clause doesn't quite apply, but it it feels like an immigration penalty into the state, and it seems like the kind of thing that should not be allowed. Then again, you've got like California and New York have proposed legislation to tax people who leave, <laughs> which I still think is amazing. Like you know. Uh, East East Berlin, you know, <laughs> like we're gonna build a wall to make sure that the you can't flee to you know escape the benefits. <laughs> so just like anyway, and he says, look, if people can uh, be charged to leave, maybe we can charge them to enter. I think this is mostly satire, pushback, and against California and New York. That's that's my guess. Uh, but anyway, it seems like a weird one. But there was a part of me that's like, hmm, for the people who come here. All right, time for future news. All right, Scott Adams and Dilbert. Is he done toast over? Yep. Uh, well, I mean, it hasn't yeah. been entertaining in a while anyway. There's well, so many office jokes. But it's in all these papers. Of course, how, how good are the comics anyway in general? Not now. <laughs> I mean, the they're problem. fine. There's better reasons to read the paper. Uh, and will the Yankee tax pass? <laughs> Probably not. I don't think <laughs> so, silly. dude. Um, also, will Santino's Pizzeria now hiring non-stupid people? Will they manage to hire non-stupid people? I, I I love Santino's, so I think I thought they I already did. Sense, Local yeah. talk in the morning, five to nine, with Andrew McKay is on News Radio ninety two three, WNRP Golf Breeze, Milton, Pensacola. The voter registration deadline is today. If you want.